Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the Power Cat pregame podcast, sponsored by our good friends at Robbins Motor Company. I am Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. And over the next hour, we'll try to get you ready for Texas Tech and Kansas State on Saturday night at 6 p.m. in Lubbock. The game's televised on FS1. We'll also try to unravel a little bit further what happened to K-State in last week's 29-21 to 21 loss at Oklahoma State. A very unexpected loss, but more so a really unexpected performance by a K-State team that seemed to be finding itself after that loss at Missouri with a convincing win over UCF. And then everything was different at Oklahoma State. We've done a lot of that breakdown on the Go Power Cat channel so far this week. We'll delve into it a little bit more with our football analyst, Brian Hanley. He was an offensive lineman on those K-State teams in 97 and 98 that were so important to the growth of the program. And then we'll go to Ryan Wallace, our expert on so many things, and he'll help us breaking by breaking down Texas Tech, uh, and we'll get into that pretty deep with him. And, of course, we'll end up with Brian Gilbert to talk about the sports betting lines that are available this week. Only five Big 12 games, so we'll be a little bit shorter with Gills this week, but still uh, some important games out there in the Big 12. And as I mentioned, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. At Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Kansas State is Three and two overall, one and one. The conference tech has one more game under its belt. They're three and three overall, but they're two and one in the conference. And if either one of these teams wants to, you know, get deep into the conversation about the top teams in the Big 12, they need to win this game. 
and K-State knows that very well. And one of the things before we get to Brian Hanley that we're going to do in this show is talk to Chris Kleiman a little bit and also talk to Will Howard. We're going to start here with Chris Kleiman discussing what went wrong with his quarterback on Saturday. And keep in mind, or on Friday, excuse me, and keep in mind that uh, Will Howard is not a quarterback that has traditionally thrown interceptions, but boy, he threw three at Oklahoma State. It was troubling, but we'll see what Chris Kleiman has to say right here. He's got to take care of the ball better. Um, and, and you know, I like him to be aggressive, but he, he can't be, um, you know, to a point where it, it's putting the team uh, and the offense at risk. And there was a couple of throws, um, you know, last week that uh, absolutely he knows he can't make. Um, he hasn't made those in the past, to your point. Um, and, uh, you know, we believe in Will. Um Let's not forget he helped us win a Big 12 championship, so we, we're not going to give up on him like I think people want us to. Um, and we've got a guy that's running that room that's knows what he's doing in Colin Klein. And I love CK. Got a ton of faith in Colin Klein, as everybody else should, uh, being K-Staters, and we'll get this figured out. And now it is time to speak with Brian Hanley, our football analyst, one of our football analysts at Go Powercat. I feel like I just talked to you a couple of days ago, Brian. On the <laughs> I like yeah. this having to get to talk to you twice a week. It's it's good. It is good. It's we, fun. We covered a lot of this in the insiders, but let's go a little bit deeper. Sure. Um, what's more troubling here is if this was what happened at Oklahoma State, if that was uh a player issue of lack of motivation and effort and just not being focused or mm -hmm. a schematic issue in which Oklahoma state discovered some things seriously wrong with K-State's defense. Oklahoma state ran the ball with success, which is the first team to do that. They, they really dissected K-State quite a bit with slant routes as they backed off. What's more troubling if this was a mental problem, the players aren't invested or if this was a schematic issue. A mental problem for me really? because the thing about it is you can fix schematics, right? You know, you can fix that mental issues and, and effort. That's tough to fix in a week, especially, yeah. you know, without just replacing a whole bunch of people. That's where the problem comes in is that you're trying, if it's effort that, I mean, again, it, you can't, you just can't replace that in a week without just playing new people. Yeah. You know, schematics can be fixed. Heck, you can fix schematics on the sideline. You know, if, if it's that big of a deal, you can do. Now, we didn't do that against Oklahoma State, which was troubling. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that. But you can literally fix that in-game, on a sideline, at the half, whatever. So I think the, the more pressing issue is the guys, hopefully this just was, it was more of a, hey, we just, we're going to roll in here and win. You know, and, yeah. and even that's not acceptable, but let's hope that it's just that fits because if it's, uh, you know, I'm an entitled, we're, we're just better. We, we don't have to work hard. If it's that kind of thing, which we haven't seen from this team lately or, you know, any K-State teams lately, then that's a problem. That, that should even be a problem at Kansas State. No. Uh, at what point did Kansas State decide we can just roll in anywhere in this conference and win? Um, and I hope that's not the case. I hope the guys realized um, that whatever they did, 
um, just didn't quite work. I, but I will say this, we discussed this also on the insiders, but I, I come back to it because it's so uh, confounding to me, dumbfounding. A lot of the problems were seniors. See, yeah. I mean, Will Howard was out of sorts. We had a bad snap between him and his senior center. Uh, we had uh, some real confusion on a pass route between a six-year senior, Philip Brooks, and and the quarterback. I, Boy, I, I get young guys. Austin Romaine might struggle at middle linebacker once in a while. Some of the other young guys might struggle. But if you're a senior, particularly like a six-year, this should be old hat. You never run a wrong pattern. You never miss a block. You never jog. You're just trained to do it the right way. Yeah, that 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 was troubling. Yeah. It was troubling. Um, you know, a lot of that, and I'm just going to attribute it to guys just not being ready to play, not being prepared to play, you know, and just going through the motions, just think, hey, we can just flip a switch, kind of what we talked about on the insiders, that guys just think, oh, yeah, it's not going good. We're just going to flip a switch, and we're just going to overwhelm them. Sorry. Uh, I mean, as good as I think that we are, as good a football team that we have, we don't have those type of athletes that we can just flip a switch no matter how the game is going and just go overwhelm somebody. We can beat somebody down. We can do that, but it's a gradual thing. We're not just flipping switches and throwing up, you know, 30 points in a quarter on somebody. That's not how Kansas State football is. It's never been that way, at least not in a long, long time. So it's kind of a grind it out, beat you into the dirt, you know, and and that's good. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think we just got a little bit full of ourselves, Fitz. I, I believe that's what it was. The guys just got full of themselves and thought we could just roll in, and no matter what we did, whether we played good or bad, we were going to win the football game, and they got caught. They did. They absolutely got caught, and they couldn't get themselves out of it. Even in the last possessions of the game, they just weren't very efficient. Um, But if you want an example of how a team responds to some early losses, of course, Tech opened up at Wyoming. Little did we know that wasn't a bad loss. It's almost the equivalent of the K-State Tulane game last year. Wyoming is unbeaten and on course uh, to end up in a New Year's Six Bowl. Then they played number 13 Oregon to uh, one score, 38-30, losing in Lubbock. Um, Then they rolled Tarleton State, of course. Uh, Lose to West Virginia, and we thought at the time, oh boy, Tech's really in trouble. They lost to West Virginia. Turns out West Virginia is pretty good. Then Then they play Houston. They win that. Then last week, this one really caught my attention, though. They went to Baylor, and I know Baylor's struggling, but they absolutely rolled the Bears in Waco 39-14, and they look like a much better team. And I don't think it was just Baylor doing it. I think uh, they've got themselves pulled together as a unit. Uh, What has changed for Texas Tech, and how dangerous is this team? I think one thing that changed is I think they circled the wagons. I think maybe yeah. a little bit early, the same thing happened to them. Everybody was talking about how good they were supposed to be. And they came out of the gates and got punched directly in the mouth. And they had no idea how to answer because everybody had spent all off season and preseason telling them how good they were going to be. And they were going to be in the big 12 championship. And when adversity came, they had no clue, just absolutely no clue. And then they had to look themselves in the mirror and say, okay, this is where we are. If we're going to fight out of this, we got to start now. We have to go back to being who we were last year and fight. 
and they've done that. And that's the mark of having a good coach. Now, you could also flip that and say, well, why didn't the coach have him ready to play at the beginning of the season? And I get that, and that's valid. That is absolutely valid. But they're playing well now. Uh, They've figured some things out. Uh, Again, they've got a lot of things in front of them, so it's just a matter of them continuing down that path. Uh, This is going to be a tough game for K-State. It just is. Yes. Yeah, K-State's, you know, after being an 11-a-point road favorite last week at Oklahoma State, that worked out great. They're now a point-and-a-half road dog, which I understand. Um, And Tech's gone through their own evolution. They lost their starting quarterback. Now they have a young guy, Baron Morton, starting. Looked pretty good. What he was six, excuse me, 19 of 26 last weekend. Um, 180 yards through three TDs, though. They seem to have found a, a little bit better offensive identity right now, but the leader of this new identity is Taj Brooks. 31 carries for 170. It looked a lot like DJ Giddens against UCF, but he just rolled through that um, defense at Baylor. Uh, and I I would normally have said, or earlier in the season, I said, that's not a worry for K-State. They stopped the run, but boy, they didn't stop the run very well at Oklahoma State. Taj Brooks is going to be a problem. He's a bowling ball that keeps going forward. Yeah, that, that's my worry, is that they are they found something in K-State's defense. Um, and again, it can be fixed, but they're running the ball really well, Texas yeah. Tech is. And I just have a feeling with, with some of the injuries that we've had, it's going to be a problem. K-State's going to have to come up with something uh, schematic-wise to be able to slow the running game down and make them one-dimensional, make them have to throw the ball. You know, anytime they try to run it, that's where K-State got in trouble at Oklahoma State is that we could never, you know, we couldn't stop them from running the football, you know, and when we couldn't stop them from running the football, then our cornerbacks were playing so far off that the slants were just the RPO game. It was, it was wide open. And that's something that's got to stop. That's something that's just got to change because if not, Tech's going to have 600 yards of offense and it's going to be a long day. And then they'll go to the second quarter. Um, <laughs> I, look, I, <clears throat> I appreciate that uh, K-State is, is working on uh, some injury situations on the defense side of the ball. They might play this game without their starting cornerbacks, which is not good. Right. Um, so now Chris Kleiman's in this interesting balance. I, I think Joe Klanderman was backing his guys up, trying to prevent the explosive play, which has been a problem for K-State, trying to make sure he's safeguarding against those unproven corners getting torched. Uh, but Chris Kleiman's like, we, we, can't, we can't defend this way. This is not how no. we're going to defend. Um, and, and I feel like there's going to be explosive plays in this game. Um, but I much rather, honestly, if, if your defense for me is going to give up something, I much rather give up the explosive play, get the ball back and respond and get a, a, a rhythm to the game rather than slowly getting bled out like Oklahoma State did so masterfully from the first drive on. Yeah. 15 plays, touchdown. Th- that's torture. I'd yeah. rather give up the explosive. I, I know you coaches don't want to, but the, what they did at Oklahoma State just sucked the life out of everyone and fans, coaches, the, the players, of course. It, uh, you're going to have to attack with your defense, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. And if that means stopping the run to put an extra safety down there or changing the line of scrimmage and put four guys down linemen uh, and go to a more conventional maybe a 4-2 look or even a 4-3 look, 
then that's what you have to do. Uh, a tech's going to spread them out, so don't get me wrong, but you know what? Make them complete the passes over top of you if that's what's right. going to happen. Make them do it. Now, granted, you can't be running three yards behind receivers and stuff like that So because that becomes pitch and catch. That makes it easy. So you got to make it a little bit difficult for them, but make them complete the passes. You know, make them do it. Don't just give them, you know, slant routes that turn into eight yards, that turn into 13 yards. You know, don't give that to them. Make them complete stuff over your head down the field. And if they do it, they do it. But that's why they call them high or, or low percentage passes because they're literally low percentage. And if we just can but a slant route on an RPO where our guy's eight yards off the wide receiver, I mean, that's basically seven on seven with, with no defenders. So we can't just continue to do that because it, it's you're, you're not defending at all. C- Coach Kleiman is right. You can't defend oh. that way, and you're literally not defending when you're doing that. You're just hoping and wishing at that point. Offensively for Kansas State, <clears throat> boy, brother, uh, your soulmates on the offensive line played a bad game. They yeah. they just didn't put it together. Um it's just, again, they didn't look physical. They didn't look like they were on the attack. And that kind of set in motion everything that K-State did or didn't do on offense. K-State's just got to get back to basics for them, <clears throat> which is, you know, physically run the ball uh, and and get the pass game going. But here's my question for you. What is the state, in your opinion, of Kansas State's wide receivers? I think they're in trouble at wide receiver. They just don't have guys that are stepping up to make plays. That's the problem. I mean, everybody wants to mask it and say this or that. We just got to be honest. The wide receiver room is not good. It's just not. You know, and the guy that they were counting on, you know, Keegan Johnson to be that guy. I mean, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Is he going to play? Can he play a half? I, I, I just don't understand that. And I know I harp on that and maybe people keep getting tired of me saying it, but I'm going to continue to say it. I don't see how you can play a half of football and then not play another half. Yeah. I, either you, either it hurts all game or it doesn't hurt. So I, I just don't get that. And But either way, even besides that, you have to be get guys that can go and catch balls outside the numbers. We just don't – and can catch the ball down the field. Be able to run a 12-yard comeback and catch the ball outside. That We just don't possess those type of guys, and it's becoming a problem, and teams know it. That's where the issue is, is that teams know it now, and they just load up. Uh, but also, the, they didn't get help. The offensive line didn't play great until late in the game when we we ran it. But they're not getting help from the sideline. If you can't trust, and I mentioned this on the insiders, if you can't trust your senior quarterback to check when it's second and eight versus a four-man box or a five-man box for him to check to a run, then that's a problem. Yeah, And there were so many times in that game where it was second and eight, second and nine. There were times where Oklahoma State literally had four guys in the box. And I was screaming. My wife got tired of hearing me screaming at the television. Check to a run. Just run the football. And we did not do it. I could see if our passing game was going great. Okay, fine. But since it was going lousy, I'm just, just run the ball. You have more people there to block, just run it, and I don't know. It just didn't happen. It was just a bad game all the way around. Uh, but I think the offensive line, it's got to start with them. they got to play well. they just got to come off the ball and be physical. Just be physical. Enough of the side-to-side running that we seem to be in love with. 
run the ball downhill and get after them. Just get after them. I agree. That was well said. I mean, just <clears throat> for me, it's just flip that switch mentally and and do whatever you're doing with a little bit more passion. Yeah. Um, because uh, you're not, I got news for them and they learn this. Hopefully you're not good enough to go through the motions. No, let's be no. honest. Oklahoma state played better than they have. Um, their coaches certainly put the players in a better position than K state coaches put theirs. I believe that. Uh, but Oklahoma state's still not good as bad as K state no. was. They've got the ball with a chance to tie the game in the fourth quarter and, and they're sleepwalking and still in the game. Unfortunately, they slept walk through their last two possessions and didn't get anything done. Um, but I guess the question that hovers over this game as that 6 p.m. kickoff nears on Saturday night, did K-State learn its lesson? Or is this just a schematic collapse of the program for this season? Um, I, I Honestly, Brian, I think we're going to find out quickly in this game. I 100% agree with you, Fitz. We are going to find out early what we're made of. Uh, I don't think it's a schematic issue I, I just I don't know it, it's hard for me to believe that the coaching staff doesn't understand where they went wrong it, it's just you know they're not a bunch of dumb guys up there so I've, I gotta believe that they looked at this and just thought you know what blame me we'll be more physical uh, on both sides of the ball and we are going to change what we are doing it was almost like we're hurt. We're playing against this team that we don't think is very good. Let's just get through this game, get a win, and then let's get on to the next one. Well, then you got bit because that's yep. exactly – not only – it looked like the coaching staff felt like that and it oozed down to the players, and so then the players felt like that. Well, you got to stop that. You got to stop it immediately. Go out, put your best foot forward at all times, and just battle this one out because – we're going to find, like you said, we're going to find out early because I think Tech is going to come and try to hit us in the mouth early and knock us completely out. They yep. are coming for K-State's heart, and it's going to be for, up to us to protect our heart and to fight back. And we're going to find And I'm excited for that. And players should be excited for that. And fans. We should all be excited to see what we're made of. We, we literally got knocked down. We are standing eight count. We're staggering. What are we going to do? Well put. Does K-State get this done? I think so. I do. I, I just believe, first of all, I think we're better than Tech. That's right. number one. And, and early in the season, have we been undefeated? This was a game that I had circled that I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't know if K-State. But during now the circumstances have changed. And I believe that if we lose this game, I think the kids and the staff know the season's off the rails if we lose this football game. And I, I just believe that the fight is going to be there. I just I just believe the fight's going to be there. If it's not, then I've totally misjudged who we have in the locker room. Right. I that's perfectly said. I I've totally misjudged the the character of this team, the the way the coaches are handling this team. This is a reset game. Yes. K State wins. They reset. They're not still on. The, they're not back to the same pace they were because that Oklahoma State game should be a win uh, in the you know, if you want to talk about resets, um, but they're back on schedule because Texas lost Oklahoma. You still control your own destiny. That's reset one. If they lose this game, it resets what we all expected, including inside that locker room for Kansas state football in 2023 uh, and adjust it to be, Hey, maybe they're a seven and five team. Maybe they're 
eight and four, mm-hmm. but they're not Big Twelve caliber championship. They're just not. They're just they're just not there. I, I feel like we're going to learn a lot about this team Saturday night in Lubbock. Yeah, that that would be disappointing uh, to not put our best foot forward because if we put our best foot forward, we beat Tech. Just period, point blank. If yeah. we put our best foot forward, we win the football game. Right. If we don't, they're going to beat us. Yep. His name is Brian Hanley. He does a lot of stuff for us at Go Power Cat. <laughs> we appreciate it. But Brian, it. you also do a lot of your own stuff um, yeah. at your your YouTube channel. Please, everyone, go subscribe to Brian's YouTube channel and and find him on your social media platforms. Give us a rundown of what the Brian Hanley uh, creation schedule is for a week. It is basically I do a live stream at 4 p.m. Central Time, uh, Monday through Friday on Big B Sports Talk on YouTube. Go subscribe to that. Yes. Uh, we talk about a lot of different stuff. Um, we have a fraud of the week that we do every Tuesday. I think it's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, we've got a lot of people. We're live on TikTok as well. Uh, we're just trying to build it, Fitz, you know, a little bit of a time. Uh, I know you got my partner, Darren Howard, another K-Stater. Uh, I've been best friends with him for 25 years. So we do it together. He's behind the scenes. I'm in front of the camera. We love it that way. We are just trying to build this thing and have a lot of fun. There's a ton of uh, K-Staters that come over and get in every day too. So there's a lot of K-Staters that that have joined uh, on TikTok and on YouTube. So it's starting to get fun. It's starting to get fun. He is Brian Hanley, and he is the real deal. Uh, Brian, I, I appreciate it so very much. Uh, as we go into break here, Ryan Wallace awaits on the other side, uh, but also also a little treat for you later in the show. We're going to actually bring in an interview because I think uh, it's important for everyone to hear what Will Howard had to say on Tuesday at the press conference after having a few days to absorb what happened as a quarterback, as a team. Uh, And we will have Will Howard later in the show. But until then, let's head into break on the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Go PowerCat's Tim Fitzgerald. That was Brian Hanley before the break discussing everything going on with his football program as the Cats head into Texas Tech on Saturday night for a 6 p.m. kick. And our Ryan Wallace is standing by to get into more of the Red Raiders and really kind of look back and try to decipher what the heck happened to the Wildcats at Stillwater last week. And Remember, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. 
The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Ryan Wallace is standing by, but so much went wrong last week in uh, Stillwater as Kansas State prepares now for the Red Raiders, a team that is surging. They're 3-3 three and three overall on the season after opening up the season with two tough games, as it turns out, at Wyoming and against Oregon. Now they've settled in a little bit at 2-1 and one in the conference. For K-State, last week was really troubling, and here's what Chris Kleiman believes K-State needs to do. Let's get back to basics. We'll get to Ryan Wallace right after this. Well, um, that's part of what our issue is across the board. We didn't block well enough on offense. We didn't tackle well enough. So, yeah, we need to just get back to some basic stuff. That's why we talked as a staff on Saturday and Sunday about trying to simplify some of our plans um, offensively and defense and even on special teams so that the kids can play with more confidence and play with better technique. Uh, today we'll, we'll do a little bit more uh, good on good than we've probably done in the last couple of weeks going the, the, the ones against the ones. Part of that is having that extra day because it's, it's and the fact we came off of a, a bye week, it's hard to do that in week 9, 10, and 11, or 8, 9, 10 when guys are just beat to heck after a ball game. We've had a couple of days to rest, and I think our guys are at least fresh. And now there he is, Mr. Ryan Wallace, our recruiting expert at Go Powercat, but so much more, Ryan Wallace. You're so much more as you've got kind of the scout on Texas Tech. Um, first, let's back up. Let's talk about what we're wrong. I asked Brian Hanley. Do this. we have to? Do we have yes, to? Yes. Yes. Sometimes you got to brush your teeth twice <laughs> in a day. Um, I asked Brian Hanley this. Was this a, a mental issue where they weren't checked in or a schematic issue where Oklahoma State exposed some things? And which would be worse? Which was it and which is worse? Oh, I think part one would be way worse. Um, I probably think it's a little bit twofold. I, I Clearly, they, they figured some things out in the second half. I mean, in a weird way, though, though you watched the whole game and you, you kind of thought K-State was never really in it, they were in it <laughs> until the very end. And I, I think they got caught off guard early on defense from a schematic point of view. Like, I don't, none of us saw Alan Bowman scrambling to keep, like, drives alive as being part of the, the key to Oklahoma State's early offensive success. So, I, I, mean, I definitely think there were some things there. Um, but I think more, more than not, and I think it's been this way in the losses and, and maybe even, you know, some of the wins like UCF, it's just been a lot of misexecution. Just, uh, I, I don't fault, I think the coaches nearly as much as some of the fan base does. I just think you've got a lot of players that are either inexperienced or new to this program that are still learning. Whereas last year you had a lot of guys that even the ones that were new to the program, were like seasoned beyond belief, like a Drake Cheatham, Josh Hayes guys that, you know, they weren't trying to learn the system as much as they were each day of the week, like getting into nuances of like the opponent and stuff that they were able to play faster. And so uh, I think it was definitely more misexecution, but I think on offense, it would be hard to argue against uh, there, there was a, I don't want to call it loafing, but there was a different kind of mentality that was just off on offense 
Um, and, and I don't think that spread through the entire team. And I don't think it's a problem moving forward. I really don't. But for whatever reason, Fitz, that was a weird Friday night deal that uh, I, I hope to never see again from Kansas State. Yeah, it was odd. Watching guys just break off patterns because they don't think they're going to get the ball. Um, jogging through stuff. Just, there was no fire. There just was no fire, and and schematics went wrong. Okay, what do you see from Texas Tech that seems to be playing better football now after losing its first two games? But now we know Wyoming and Oregon are good, yeah. so maybe those losses weren't as bad as perceived. Yeah, that's what I was going to lead off with was their resume. I mean, they've been tested so far. They they go to Wyoming, they got a two-point loss in overtime, and look at Wyoming now. I think they're – some some projections have them, you know, in a in a New Year's Day bowl. They're five and one. Their only loss is at Texas. Then they come home and Fitz. I rewatched the game with Oregon. They were thirteenth at the time. Now up up as high as number eight. They gave all the ducks they could hand. They, they gave the ducks everything they could handle. Um, yep. I mean, that was a very competitive game. I think at the end of the day, the the athletes on Oregon ended you know one over uh, and Bo Nix too. And then you go to West Virginia and and you lose a seven point game there and. Here's West Virginia fits. They're somehow receiving votes in the top 25. So their only loss is at Penn State. So I think Tech's resume, they're they're a better team than their record shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think that they're they've been tested to some degree, but I also think their wins haven't maybe proven as much. I think that you've you've figured out more in their losses than you have a little That's bit in their wins. True. Um, but they're really experienced, and that's why they got so much love in the preseason. Uh, they have 17 players, Fitz, that logged 20-plus uh, career games played entering the season. 13 players have logged 10 or more career starts. Um, they, they've got two Western Kentucky transfers alone on the offensive line, one of whom is Cole Spencer, who uh, I think is questionable to play on Saturday. That would be a big loss for them because between he and Rusty Stats, who's the new center that they brought in from the portal this year, 101 career games played combined, 81 games started. Uh, between those two so I mean this is a Texas Tech team that statistically fits is is pretty even with Kansas State Uh, they're they're almost even if if you go by ESPN's SP plus rankings which I know where some people like them some people don't uh, very even I think K-State's 24th overall and Tech's 26th pretty even on offense pretty even on defense the biggest disparity between the two is special teams go figure uh tech is an elite special teams group this year really good punter really dangerous return men um but yeah i mean it do you want me to get into i've kind of hyped the the red raiders up do you want me to keep flowing here and get into where i think maybe k-state can take advantage yeah yeah i'm because you shared with me before we started this was going to be a good matchup for k-state and you just convinced me it isn't I wanted to build it up so I can tear it down. Okay. <laughs> um, I, and I'm Fitz folks that tune in regularly. I'm the pessimist here of the group yeah. on go power. Cat, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm the painful reality guy, uh, the bearer of bad news. And yet there's something about this matchup. I think Kansas state's a terrible matchup for Texas tech. And here's why, particularly this year is even coming off the loss at Oklahoma state, even um, with Texas tech, seemingly finding their momentum, trying to go on a three-game Big 12 win streak here against the Wildcats at night, at home in Lubbock, with K-State potentially being without both their starting cornerbacks. This is not 
the Texas Tech air raid sling it around where you're starting to get nervous about what K-State might let up through the air, they're getting things done on the ground this year. Joey McGuire leaning on a guy like Taj Brooks who comes in, number five rusher in America, averaging six yards per carry, four TDs. But, you know, Baylor, they wore him. I personally think, you know, you come off that game and, and I'd be questioning whether they wore him out. 31 carries against Baylor, 21 carries against Houston. But Fitz, neither one of those defenses is better than 12th in the, in the conference in rush defense. K-State is made to stop the run. Uh, they, they struggled a little bit with it against a poor rushing attack in, in Oklahoma State. Uh, but I think Oklahoma State might Gundy have a way of, of scheming against K-State. Similarly to the way I say K-State's a bad matchup for Texas Tech, I think Mike Gundy's proven Oklahoma State's kind of a bad matchup in most years for K-State. Um, and he had a bye week to prep for it. Um, with with Texas Tech, they haven't had a bye week. And I think this is a good matchup for K-State's defense that wants to stop a, a guy like Taj Brooks, who's not a Deuce Vaughn. He's not a dynamic, make-you-miss kind of guy. He loves contact. He's between the tackles. His longest run on the year fits is only 38 yards, so he's not going to separate. That's built for what K-State wants to right. do. Um, and then I think if you flip over to the defensive side, too, um, or sorry, the offensive side for Kansas State, I went back and rewatched your postgame walk and talk from last year. And one of the things you highlighted on, remember, fans, if, if the, those of you that forgot, that was the game that K-State ran for 341. And it wasn't necessarily a pretty win, but Adrian Martinez had 171 rushing yards on 12 carries, 14.3 yards per carry for Adrian Martinez. You go through and look at what, uh, Texas Tech has done in their losses this year. Andrew Peasley is the run is the quarterback for Wyoming. Had 15 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. He's not known as a mobile quarterback. Bo Nix, athletic, not a mobile quarterback. Nine carries for 46 yards, and then Nico Martial from West Virginia, their quarterback, 15 carries for 72 yards in their win against Texas Tech. I think all three of those guys fits, except for maybe Martial, led their team in rushing. It's a problem for Texas Tech, and Joey McGuire addressed it in the media uh, press conference that he had earlier this week that I listened to. They have a real problem with uh, not being able to contain when they pressure. They allow seams. That's what Adrian Martinez was doing last year. He dropped back, they pressure, and then these wide-open gaps. They were not assignment sound in how they pressured, that's tailor-made for Kansas State, tailor-made for a guy like Avery Johnson, and honestly, tailor-made for even a guy like Will Howard. Right. Um, he, he can see pocket presence. He can see gaps and take off and run. We saw it even at times in a bad performance for him last week against Oklahoma State. That's, what, that's the kind of rushing that Will Howard does best, honestly. Um, so again, Fitz, I, I think that all plays in to K-State's hands. I don't think they need to be, uh, you know, reinvent the wheel as much as K-State fans probably want them to after the performance last week. They can go out, get back to their physical brand, a methodical brand, keep Texas Tech's offense off the field, and uh, you know let DJ Giddens, Treshawn Ward, Will Howard, and Avery Johnson do the dirty work with their legs. Yep. Uh, I'm very interested to see how they attack that defense, how they use their quarterbacks. So let me just ask, will Avery Johnson play in this game with some role? I absolutely would would play him, um, and I expect him to play. 
Uh, I think that it's a matchup that, again, just tailors to what he does. Now, uh, I think they're going to have to sprinkle in some opportunities, as we've been saying all season long and deeper into the preseason over the summer, that they've got to find ways to make Avery an honest quarterback to a defense, too. I don't think you can just bring him in right. and have him run and run and run and run and run. Uh, that it's, Eventually, people will catch on. They'll start loading the box. Uh, so they've got to find some ways. Colin Klein's got to let Avery throw it a little bit uh, and, and do it in ways that they feel Avery can not only make the play, but you know can can keep confidence with him as a passer too. But uh, I, I absolutely would play him this week, and I dare I say I expect to see him. I don't. Fans will be disappointed. I don't think he's going to start uh, as much no. as you know the fan base is uh, oddly clamoring for it, but. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think this is a, a tailor-made game to get him involved again. Let's stay with quarterbacks. Tech's gone through a quarterback change due to yeah. injury. What has changed about Tech's offense? Well, Baron Morton is kind of their prodigal son. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tyler Shook goes Avery. down. Yeah, I mean, he Tyler Shook goes down with the injury, the Oregon transfer that they had, you know, high expectations for last year. He gets injured. He comes back this year. Didn't play uh, bad by any stretch in the games that he was available before his injury this year. But, I, you know, I don't think he was great. Um, he's definitely a little bit more mobile than Baron Morton and Chris Kleiman, uh, alluded to that in his Tuesday press conference about, uh, you know, Baron Morton being more of a pocket presence. And that's why they're kind of leaning more on the run game from the running backs and not just from the quarterback position. But, you know, I like Baron Morton, um, but this is an offense that, um, hasn't really been, uh, they've been methodical in their approach from the ground game and haven't really opened up the pass uh, as much. And I think part of that is Baron Morton being a young passer. Um, you know, he has, I think, five or six games of experience now under his belt. Um, but, you know, some of that was last year uh, at, at the end of the season in bowl games and stuff and uh, didn't have, you know, as much preparation as he's had this year. And now this year, kind of the same deal uh, as we saw from Will last year where they had him prepared. But, you know, he wasn't expected to be a guy with Tyler Shook back and, oh, now you're the guy again. So I think they're kind of slowly getting him more involved in the offense. I haven't been overwhelmed with him as a passer fits. They're still a hurry up tempo team. So you're going to see him, you know, get it out of his hands quick and sling it around, but they're not the deep ball team. I think that maybe fans remember under Cliff Kingsbury or even Matt Wells, where they try and catch you on a deep ball here and there. They're really uh, keeping things. I think more, under 20 yards and and again letting Baron Morton get confidence through the ground game to then open the pass game but the one thing I will say regardless of the quarterback fits is expect to see and, and K-State should anticipate uh, you know that hurry up style because while their time of possession is still really low like bottom 10 in America that's because that they're one of the quickest uh, teams at the line I think Per play or per, per minute, I should say, uh, they're number two behind Tennessee in the amount of plays they have per minute. So they want to get up and go just like they always do. But it's, it's a different kind of style. Like I said, they're easing Baron Morton in. And again, that plays into K-State. I think, you know, I heard you on the podcast earlier this week, K-State, you know, we, we need to see more pressure from Joe Klanderman. We need to see them, you know, try and, and manage uh, or, or generate more pressure through schematics, this is a game to do that. Baron Morton's not an elusive guy. Uh, they've given up some sacks this year. As I uh, said earlier on in this segment, Cole Spencer might be out for them 
who's a reliable tackle for them uh, in Lubbock. So I, this is a game that I would pressure him and make him more of a passer, take the running element out of it. Okay, so let, let's unravel a few things there that, that you've said. Um, special teams are typically Kansas State's pride and joy. Yeah. Is is this possibly the first game K-State might just lose because they don't match up very well in special teams? Yeah, I mean, you want to win two out of three phases to try right. and, and win a game, right? Uh, I... I... <laughs> As confident as I am in K-State on the offense and defense, I'm not very confident in their special teams right now. And, no. and not just because of how they perform this year, but how Texas Tech has performed right. this year on that side of the ball. They lead the Big 12 with 28.1 yards average on kick returns. They're one of only two teams uh, in the conference that have scored a TD, both on punt return and kick return. They've got a kid named, uh, well, they got Miles Price, and they've got a, a transfer from Austin P named Dre McCray. That is is a speedster and really dynamic in that uh, phase of the game. Second in the Big Twelve in uh, punt return average, they have a TD, TD there, like I mentioned, and they're number one in the Big Twelve in their punting average at forty eight point seven yards. A punter that uh, Joey McGuire thinks is going to play in the NFL. He's he's a Sunday punter, mm-hmm. so I don't feel confident in in that phase of the ball. They've blocked some kicks too. Uh, I think they returned one for a touchdown against uh, Houston, I, I believe from when I was uh, going back and reviewing that game. So uh, that's that's an area I don't want to just chalk up as a loss, Fitz, but, uh, I mean, K-State better come dialed in. And the good news, though, Fitz, is that maybe as bad as they've been and the amount of questions that Chris Kleiman has gotten about special teams over the course of the last couple of weeks, you know, maybe everything that happened uh, on Friday night in Stillwater and, again, when it comes to special teams, even beyond Friday night, Maybe this is all coming at the right time because uh, you would you would think there's no way in hell they will mess up special teams on Saturday night, right? Right. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> um, okay. The other thing you said that really jumped out at me: Tech, we know, likes to go fast. Yeah. Well, you now have a true freshman middle linebacker. And you might be using your backup cornerbacks. You might be out both your starting corners. How does that impact K-State? I, I have fear they're just not going to be lined up right or on time. Well, that is one area that I'm going to be interested in seeing how Texas Tech comes out on that first scripted drive and see how much of this they work in. Because Joey McGuire mentioned something in his in his middle-of-the-week press conference when uh, the question was asked kind of to him, uh, assessing your your team, kind of the the pros and cons. What, you, what do you like from your guys and what do you think you need to do more of? And on offense, he talked about how much he likes their physical, aggressive approach on the, on the ground. He loves what they're doing in their rushing game. But he said he wants to open up the offense more through play action. That's an area that Austin Romaine and Austin, you know, Austin Moore's got to help Austin Romaine with to really try and be sound, an assignment sound, be patient, don't over-pursue, don't go on your first instinct, watch and see, watch the football, because if we see Kansas State come out and bite on some of that play action, that could that could deter my thoughts on this game, right? Um, yep. That's where you could see Baron Morton get into a little bit of a groove, and you can see K-State kind of be, get all out of sorts. So uh, the safeties are going to have to be uh, assignment sound, and again, not over-pursue, be patient in what they see and address it. And, and the same goes for uh, the middle linebacker in Austin Romaine, because we've seen – 
Chris Kleiman, kudos to, to Austin Romain is what Chris Kleiman said this week, and I agree with him. But also, we've seen and we saw it on, on Friday night sometimes where Austin Romain is still the freshman. So, uh, again, he's going to get better with each snap, but uh, he's got to be a, a assignment sound in this one. But, Fitz, I, I will add one more caveat to that, and that is I think the same way Texas Tech could, if they want to, take advantage of a middle linebacker, a freshman middle linebacker for K-State, you could make the same argument that Will Howard and Colin Klein could do the same thing to Texas Tech because right now the leading tackler for Texas Tech is a kid named Ben Roberts. He's come out of nowhere. Um, through some injuries, he's worked his way up the depth chart, and he's he is the starter. He's not going anywhere now, but he is a true freshman. And when you watch him, he's really good against the run. He's a big kid, like 6'3", 240, but he's not the most athletic kid. And I still wonder if he could be susceptible to – you know, some play action or a better athlete like a Treshawn Ward or or a guy like DJ Giddens that has a little bit more wiggle than I like to give him credit for. That's an area that K-State could do the exact same thing that, that Texas Tech wants to do as well. Okay, a couple questions to wrap us up. Does K-State contain Taj Brooks, keep him 80 or fewer yards? I'm going to say yes. I thought long and hard on that just because I think I, – I like Taj Brooks. He's I a guy think. that K-State fans – well, K-State offered him. I mean, that, yeah. that should tell you everything they know. you need to know about what they thought of him out of high school. He's a self-made guy, like Jalen yeah. Hutchings on their defensive line. Not guys that were, you know, huge recruits. They've made it for themselves. And so part of me thinks, you know, as they've done the last two, three weeks, they're going to run him and run him until he can't run anymore. So uh, part of me thinks he might get over 80 just on the amount of touches that and confidence they have in him right now. But I I like K-State. I think he's going to have to earn it to get over 80. Does K-State win? I think K-State does. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a landslide. Uh, dare I say, you know, our message boards still might not be pleased on Sunday morning. I mean, it, it it's going to be a hard-fought one that might not look impre overly impressive, right? Um, it could be UCF, Oklahoma State material, even you know Missouri material. But again, I like how K-State matches up against Texas Tech. And I think if they can kind of weather the storm that happens in Lubbock, that happened, quite frankly, last year in the second and third quarters against Texas Tech, they can weather the, the drives and the momentum waves. Uh, I think K-State can get back to its brand of football and offensive defense, figure some things out on special teams, not – not let anything happen there, they can uh, escape uh, and get out with a win in Lubbock and kind of get back to their ways for a huge game against TCU. He is Ryan Wallace. He's a recruiting expert, dropping some crystal balls, not particularly. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> we go check that out. Um, and, of course, he helps us out with our game coverage as we preview K-State and Texas Tech. Wally, I thank you so much. Thanks, Fitz. That's it for this segment of the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. On the other side, we're going to talk to Will Howard. We're going to drop in the full Tuesday interview for Will Howard, in part because you probably want to hear from the quarterback, and also that means less Ryan Gilbert, and we're all in favor of that. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Pre-Game Podcast, sponsored by our great friends at Robbins Motor Company. I'm Fitz. We've got two segments of this show behind us. One more to go, and that's Ryan Gilbert to talk about sports betting and how the conference stacks up this weekend, only five games in the league. So it'll be a little bit shorter with Gills, but I also know this. You probably want to hear from the QB. What does Will Howard say about what went wrong last week, his mentality and the offensive approach going into this week? Well, the media got him for a little bit on Tuesday at the press conference, and we're going to give you about four and a half minutes of Will Howard to discuss everything that went wrong and right and what needs to change for the Texas Tech game Saturday night at 6 in Lubbock. But your reminder, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast and here we go with the final segment here is qb1 and qb1 for the near future certainly probably for the rest of the season here's what will howard had to say earlier this week to the media i mean i came in got some extra throws on sunday and um other than that it's just been the been the normal routine um can't change anything about what we're doing you know obviously had an off game last week. I feel like you know we just kind of um, had a little had a had a slip up. Obviously, have to clean some things up, um, and you know, but but it's not you know the sky's not falling. You know, it, I feel like especially offensively, we were playing pretty good football up until that point. But uh, you know, some of the mistakes that we were making and things kind of came a little bit into culmination and just kind of ate at us a little bit, um, and it kind of. You know, I don't want to say kind of came all, all out at the same time, but like, um, you know, that was that was the worst I've played in since my freshman year, probably. Um, but I mean, I feel like up until that point, um, you know, this year, I feel like I've been playing, you know, well, I don't think I've been playing my best, but you know, personally, and I think as a team, we could all say the same thing. So, um, you know, nothing's nothing's changing drastically, but definitely a mindset switch a little bit, um, you know, kind of a snap back to reality a little bit and um, just got to focus on the inside noise and not the outside noise. How difficult was it to go back and watch that? Uh, it was tough just because a lot of the things that happened in that game were on us, right? And it was just in our control. Um, you know, I, I've, I say it over and over to the guys. It's, you know, I, I truly believe that, you know, there's no team out there that can beat us. We're the only ones that can do that. And if we're not playing to our standard, then anyone can beat us. Um, so, you know, we just got to 
got to get back to to what we were doing and uh, get back to having fun with it a little bit. I think we need to just play a little more free. What's your number one objective coming into this week? Um, shoot, I don't know. I don't know if I have a, a, a one objective I can put my finger on. Uh, I mean, obviously, is to win. You know, to win the day, to win the week. We're trying to have more of a you know a one and zero. Um, you know, process-based, one-week season mindset this week um, and not look ahead to anything else, not look behind, just focus on the task at hand. And I think that's, you know, the biggest thing is just winning every day and winning every rep and everything you can. Just be the best you can be in that moment. What does focusing on the inside noise instead of the outside noise mean to you? Um, to me, it's just... Um, I guess focusing on the people that matter um, and there's a lot of things that that you know even coming into the season good or bad that were said about us um, that that doesn't that doesn't matter and that isn't stuff that we need to to be tuned into and you know obviously people are free to say what they want and, and do and whatever what they please but um, you know to the people in this building um, you know the voices that really matter are are us and the the people that we need to listen to are the people that you know we love and we care about and that are in this building and that um, you know we have that strong bond with and like I said and people can say what they want and you know they're they're free to do that and you know bring it on but you know we just got to remember what what is important and remember that um, you know the people in this building are are the people that are gonna you know take the we are we determine what we're going to do and you know if we if we listen to anything outside of that then um you know that's that's not going to help us at all is this an opportunity for you it seems like you guys have thrived kind of backs against the wall in the past yeah i, I think it's great um you know obviously it's not the the way we wanted to to do that but um you know i think it kind of reminds us that um you know anything can happen and that you know we have to still have that same hunger that we did um, especially last year, you know, like I feel like we we were the underdogs in every sense of the word and, and you know, had that fire every game. And I think we got to get back to that and just remember that, um, you know, that's that's what got us there and playing free and loving the game and having fun and, and not putting so much pressure on ourselves and listening to the, you know, the, the expectations that people have for us because that doesn't matter. We go from Will Howard to Brian Gilbert. One quarterback to another. The quarterback of my sports betting team arrives here today, right now, in front of your faces. That's Ryan Gilbert. Gilbert, how you doing? You look good. Very I'm good. I feel I, like, I feel great. I think you need a new quarterback, though. Just I, you're okay. You're okay. You just threw some interceptions, five to start the season. <laughs> but it's okay. Let's get into this. We're short on time. West Virginia minus two and a half at Houston. So West Virginia has gone from picked last of the big 12 to being a road favorite. My, how times have changed for Neil Brown. Yeah. Neil Brown has sort of uh, cooled down the conversation revolving his hot seat heading into the year. And Dana Holgerson though, going up against his former team, that's a coach that kind of was on the hot seat heading into the year. And I don't know if that's, if that's uh, been cooled off at all, but it should be an interesting angle uh, just with those two coaches um, in this game, but West Virginia, Rex will rush the football. We we know that they've they've ran it 
on average 45 times a game this season. And Houston gives up over four and a half yards per carry on defense. And so I like West Virginia in this game. I think they're going to control the football on the ground. But is this going to be a game where Dana Holgerson wants to step up against his former team? We'll see. But I think West Virginia is a safe bet just because of how good Mountaineers season has been compared to the Cougars. I would agree with that. Cincinnati is a five point favorite at home against Iowa State. Cincinnati minus five. I'm a little surprised by this. I know the Bearcats are at home, but Iowa State's been playing better. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, Iowa State's been respectable. I think that's a good word to use for the Cyclones. They haven't been good, but one, two of their last three games, and maybe they've got something going. You've seen some good things from Iowa State, whereas Cincinnati, they haven't won a Big 12 game yet. It's been rather ugly, and so I'd rather go with Iowa State in this game. Just looking at the eye test, you know, doesn't it feel like Iowa State's just played a little bit better? And we've always talked about the Big 12 just having some awful teams. I think Cincinnati's one of them. Iowa State may be in that, that middle tier if they want to be. Yep, well... If you can't figure that out and try this one on, uh, TCU had just lost badly at Iowa State um, is a six-point favorite over BYU. The game's in Fort Worth, so yeah, but I, I I don't think the odds makers can figure out TCU right now. I feel like BYU might win this outright, but I'm I'm going to defer to your expertise. I think I like BYU here as well, not just to uh, to cover, but to win it outright. Uh, playing on the road, of course, a long travel isn't going to be easy, but they've got to be used to that by now, right? It's it's not yeah. going to be anything new playing, you know, a couple, four or five hours by plane. It's probably not that long, but anyways, um, TCU's not going to have Chandler Morris in this game, and so I don't I don't feel comfortable betting on the Horn Frogs here. BYU's going to have to rely on its passing game, pretty much a non-existent rushing attack for the Cougars. But if if BYU can get it going through the air like they have this season. Uh, I see a perfect recipe for a road upset here for BYU. K-State was a 11, 12-point favorite at Oklahoma State last week and lost. Kansas wanders into Stillwater on Saturday. They're a three-point favorite. Um, so I, I think Vegas is showing Oklahoma State a little respect there after what they did. But I'm, I'm sorry, K-State fans. I think KU rolls Oklahoma State. What do you think? I disagree with you on this one, Fitz. And without Jalen Daniels, who's doubtful as of right now as we're recording this, KU's shown that that's a team that may not be able to get things going on offense without their quarterback. And so we saw some good things against uh, Kansas State. Speaking of Oklahoma State, we saw some good things. Obviously, Kansas State really shot itself in the foot in that game. But you've got to give credit to where it's due. And it seems like Mike Gundy may have found a way to turn around the season Obviously, there's still question marks there. Maybe it was the players in the locker room. Maybe Gundy didn't have anything to do with it. But I gained some respect for Oklahoma State after that game on Friday. And so I'm actually going to go with the Cowboys. This is back-to-back home games for them. That game against K-State, they quite honestly, Oklahoma State could have won by three or four touchdowns if they were able to convert some of those red zone trips. And so I like Oklahoma State in this game. I think that that might be the more talented bunch between the two teams. But when you look at maybe the state of the programs, you're going to give KU the nod and and stuff like that. But Oklahoma State certainly has the talent to win back-to-back games here. I'll say this about the quarterback situation for Kansas. Uh, I know Alan Bowman played well enough to lead Oklahoma State to a win last week, but I'm still not impressed by him. I think Jason Bean's still a better quarterback than Alan Bowman, and I I don't know. 
we'll see how that one plays out. But uh, I, I have a feeling KU's going to win that. Tech is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Kansas State. Boy, uh, we're supposed to be the experts in Kansas State, and it's hard to read them. It's hard to figure out what's going on. I think K-State will get it done, uh, but I, I really do value your opinion because it'll be wrong. <laughs> right? Whatever I do, <laughs> go the opposite, right? But yeah. I don't I don't know, man. This game is tough, and I you know. would like Kansas State to bounce back. Uh, everything that we've sort of – you know, we were on the team on Tuesday – Everybody seemed a little angry. Chris Kleiman was rather short to start off his press conference, right? So this is a perfect time for his team to bounce back. But you look at what happened on the field, man. It's tough to put your money on Kansas State. It really is a perfect opportunity to go out and get a win on the road. But you are on the road. It's a night game. Not going to be an easy place to play. You're sitting in your hotel room all day long. So I like reasons to bet on Texas Tech. I also like reasons to, to bet on Kansas State. Now, I think if Howard does go out and struggle in this game, you do have more of a reason to have a QB controversy on your hands. I don't think we're there quite yet. Even if he struggles, it's I'm still riding with Howard, but he is not out of the woods. I mean, he has struggled. He's thrown an interception right fits in every game. And so I I can't be wrong if I don't give you a pick, right? That does that work? <laughs> That's just wrong because it's your job to give me a pick, right? I guess I don't know. To be honest with you, Fitz, I haven't given my pick yet in our weekly betting uh, article that I go up on Thursday, and so it's I, I'm teeter tottering here on both sides. So I guess we'll, just, we'll let with, you off the hook. That way, you can't be wrong. Right? Is that is that okay with you? No, it's not. But that's okay. We'll talk about it uh, at your employee evaluation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll probably take place at uh, a bar. Thank you, Ryan Gilbert. Much appreciated. And that will do it for this week's edition of the Powercat pregame podcast brought to you by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Fitz. And I always give you that one thing to watch. And usually this pertains to something that will impact the outcome of the game. Kansas State handled the line of scrimmages. Will Howard not throw interceptions? That type of thing. But this time, let's back up and let's just simply watch for this. Look for new personnel. Who did Chris Kleiman and his coaches turn to to maybe add some spice, add a little flavor to this team? Will Avery Johnson get to play some? Will there be a role for the freshman quarterback? We saw it at Missouri. And what's odd about it is I feel like the coaches feel like that was a failed experiment. It didn't work well. Well, those of us who watched the game kind of thought it did work better than what they were doing, and maybe they should have done it more. And maybe this is a game when the quarterback run game comes into play enough that they'll find a role for every Johnson. But will he be the only young or less proven player to step on the field? That's something to monitor as the game goes on. Of course, I'll have my five keys to victory and my actual game prediction at Go Powercat later in the week. But for now, that's going to be a wrap on this preview of the Cats and Red Raiders in Lubbock at 6 p.m. on Saturday. K-State will be home next week to play TCU in another night game. Every Big 12 game so far this season has been played at night. And when they do return home, I'll be able to say this safely. I will see you at the Bill. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is Sandra Herrera from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.